Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. Hello and welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast. Today's guest, we have the game guru, Jeff Barton on. So Jeff, go ahead and if you'd introduce yourself to our listeners, please. Yeah, my name's Jeff Barton. I live in Ames, Iowa. Started a gym called Surefire Fitness back in 2010. So yeah, I've been running that and having a good time doing that. Nice. We came across you and one of your big things is playing games to acquire skills. Yeah. I go a little bit on my background of kind of how I ended up with that methodology. You know, growing up in high school, I was never really quite into the traditional sports. I did cross country a little bit, but I mainly had a skateboard glued to my feet. So I was, I was always into the different, more extreme stuff with sports. By the end of high school, though, I was into movement and, and into all that, but that wasn't on my radar as far as you know, what I wanted to do with a career path. I was actually supposed to be a rock star. So um, nice. actually, my junior year, I had formed a band with four other guys at my high school, and we all graduated. We still had the band, and we did one year at local university here, and we still had the band formed, and we were, we were playing regionally. And we asked our parents, hey, you know, can we quit school and can we try this, this band thing full time? And they said, we'll, we'll give you one year. But then after that, you guys need to get back to school. So we tried. And within, I think it was maybe six months after going at it full time, we actually signed a record deal. We did the thing. So ended up touring pretty much the whole country, uh, a little bit of the world. I did that for about five years after high school. So I was 19 years old when we signed a record deal. Wow. And yeah, that was a blast. But it's a, it's a very cutthroat industry. We did one record. And then our label actually ended up getting sold to uh, Warner Brothers Records. Um. And when Warner Brothers bought it, they kind of cleaned house. So everybody at our label was fired. And uh, we ended up losing our record deal. So we, we talked about maybe trying to continue doing that, but we just decided to move on. So that's when I decided to go back to school. But one thing when I was in the band and we were on the road and doing all that made me realize how much I, I really did love movement and I missed movement because we were either on a tour bus or a van most of the day, just going from city to city. I could not do pretty much any movement at all. We would play the show, then we'd either go to the hotel or get right back on the road to the next venue. So when the band kind of fizzled out, I knew that's what I wanted to do, something with movement. So I ended up going to Iowa State University. I finished the kinesiology program there. And then that led to just starting Surefire Fitness pretty much immediately after that. But all throughout college and the tail end of the band there, when I started getting back into movement, what I loved most about movement and kind of my roots with skateboarding was I just wanted it to be fun. I didn't want things to be ultra competitive. I didn't like the structure of traditional programs where you're just going in, doing this exercise, doing three sets of 10. I wanted to make it fun. Like I had fun with skateboarding. That's what kind of gave birth to just this task-based movement, these games. You know, how can I get people to enjoy movement where they don't really think that they're exercising? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's evolved quite a bit since the beginning in 2010, but the games has surely been part of the success of how we've grown so much so far. 
I, th- I think what's interesting, uh, at least in my perspective about skateboarding or what we would call extreme sports, like snowboarding, yeah. things like that is I think I, I continue to see in those realms an attitude of let me see what's possible, which is, I think, vastly different from the fitness industry itself, right? Yeah, I'd agree. It's just very different. Just the mindset. And, you know, like I said, we were just never ultra competitive with what we did. It was just my buddies and I, Hey, let, let's see if we can ollie over this obstacle. Let's, let's see if we could grind this rail, but not like, yeah, I'm going to beat you at that. Like we're in this together. Let's, let's make it fun, but still have a challenge involved with it. Uh, That's kind of how it was birthed. When you're working with clients, do you still have a base of what we would consider traditional training mixed in with that? For sure, yeah. I don't know if you guys have read Mark Ripito's book, Starting Strength, but I, w- I was very influenced by that book as well. You know, I, I didn't want to create a program where it's simply exercise and I'm just throwing random things at people. I, I realized that I, I want to have some level of structure to the program. So how we have things set up now, there's a variety of things that we do at Surefire, but we have a, a group program, we have one-on-one, and then we have a youth program. But within our group program, we, we break the program down into what we call conditioning days and then strength days. And on the strength days, we, we definitely follow that starting strength protocol. So I am having people do back squat, deadlift, overhead press, things like that. And if they're new to the program, it's, it's a linear program. So we're doing some three sets of five and we're trying to add a little bit more weight to it each time we come back to it. And then when they plateau on that, then we get a little more creative with, with how we progress so we still have that element to it, but there's always a game involved on another side of the, the workout. And on the conditioning days, there's much more fun and activities involved. So I, I try to have a balance of both, but I, I don't, I don't want to be the gym that's just like games all day long. Because I know some people have certain goals where they want to get stronger, they want to lose weight, things like that. So it, it, there's a happy balance there. So on those, on those strength days, have you figured out, I guess, different games that are more strength-oriented that kind of help carry over to their, their barbell lifts? Yeah, I, I think so. so. On a strength day, what we do is we split the workout in half. We have half the time what we call primary. Those are our, our big lifts, right, with the barbell. And then the other half is what we call auxiliary. And more or less, we kind of treat that as a, a bit of a warm-up for the primary stuff. Simple example. You know, I want to get a few body weight squats in on the auxiliary side before we lift heavy with the barbell. And I could have them, Hey, let's squat for 30 seconds, just body weight, or let's incorporate some sort of game in there where I throw a bunch of pennies on the ground. It's a little bit of load with a med ball on your shoulder. You got 30 seconds. How many pennies can you pick up? Just simple little tasks like that, which carries over really well. Yeah. That's cool. Cause you're squatting yeah. in all these different positions too. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, especially yeah. yeah, adding then that thoracic rotation, having to challenge those obliques, especially when you're going to put a bar on the back too to be able to wake those rotational tissues up. That's fantastic. Yep. Exactly. Plus, in in essence, and when we kind of guess when we think in a functional position or movement pattern, most of our loads are always going to be typically when we reach down to pick something up, we're either going to carry it here or on one shoulder or the other. So yeah, it's that transfer out to real life, so to speak. Yep. 
Exactly. Try to add a lot of variety that way where we're thinking about, you know, how am I going to carry groceries, just daily tasks? How can we emulate that? How can we turn it into a game? So we're not just thinking about the exercise itself. I was actually very influenced by another book called Play by uh, Dr. Stuart Brown, I think. And there's one concept in there. It's this idea of neoteny. And I had not heard that before, even throughout college. But it's this idea that certain animals hold on to juvenile characteristics into adulthood. So in the book, they gave an example of a lab, a Labrador, and then a wolf. A lab puppy and a lab adult, they actually look very similar in their face structure and everything. And their behavior is very similar as well. You you have an adult lab that's just as playful as a puppy. However, a wolf, like a a cub of a, a wolf, it will actually look more like a lab as a cub, but then as it grows into an adult, it gets a, a very elongated like face. Its jaw like juts forward, and then its behavior becomes very very rigid. So you you would say that the the lab is more neotenous than the wolf. And then I gave an example of a chimp and a human, like a baby chimp. You look at their face; it's very similar to a baby human or an adult human. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a flatter face. It does not jet forward like, like an adult chimp does kind of, kind of in the same way that the wolf does as well. Mm-hmm. So there's these physical characteristics that change for certain animals and then a more neotenous animal. It doesn't, they, these juvenile physical features and behaviors that we kind of cling onto those. And in the book, it made the case that a human is actually the most neotenous creature of all. So we hold on to these juvenile characteristics and behaviors more than any other animal. And I thought oh, that, that just made so much sense of why people, I think, are attracted to this type of training because it's play. It's what we wanted to do as kids. And there's just, at some point, play turns into torture when it comes to movement. As a child, we really, really enjoyed it. And then at some point, movement just becomes this chore, you know, where, oh, we have to go to the gym. But I think we're, we're going about it wrong in that where we're going to the gym and all we're doing is three sets of 10 of stuff that we just don't want to do. But if we took a more play-based mindset and thought of ourselves as more neotenous creatures, then we would just do what we did as kids. I think we continue to enjoy it. But because of neoteny, it says it's just the birth of music, of art, of all these things. So when I think about that, as far as the training realm, it's just like, I don't know why more people aren't doing this. It's just, it's who we are, you know, as animals. Society tells you, you act a certain way when you get to a certain age group, so to speak, right? Or a certain level. Right. That you just got to put those things away and uh, it's time to get serious. Because games start to go away when you when you get to high school, pretty much, except you know for PE and everything. Um, for the yeah. first maybe one or or two years of high school, you still have PE, and then after that, it kind of goes away. Yeah, so it's just yeah. it's kind of ingrained in our society now, where it's like, hey, once you start, turn a certain age, like you don't need to play anymore. Just gotta yeah, work. yeah. But that's I don't know. That's my mission. I want to think differently when it comes to that. And now there's, but there's a difference between, uh, because a lot of people will say, well, I play sports, but there's a, there's a subtle difference or maybe even major differences between play and 
and sports, right? Yeah, I, I'd say so. While play can be competitive, it doesn't necessarily have to be. Mm-hmm. So we play a variety of games at the gym that, that are competitive and people mm-hmm. enjoy those. But there's, there's other things too that maybe it's competitive with yourself a little bit or with others, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Sometimes it's just exploration. Let's, let's see how we can move in different positions and, and turn that into some sort of game. But there's no competitive element to that. Uh, sports are great, but I think play goes beyond that. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, because when you're playing organized sports, you're, you're looking for a winner and a loser. But yet, like, yeah. you watch something like the World's Strongest Man Contest, and, and yes, they're competing to win the prize, but you see it all the time where they're encouraging each other. They're, even though they're competing for positioning, you see it all the time where the athletes are like, come on, man, and they're, in, they're really just trying to motivate each other to accomplish and finish their tasks. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good point too. What are some of the major, are there like a couple or a few major objectives that you're looking to acquire or improve when you're programming these games in? Honestly, my main thought is I want exercise adherence. Like that's the thing I'm thinking the most because I want people to, when they finish the workout, whether I've created that the program for the day or I have another trainer that does it, and then we send it out to the other trainers. Okay, this is what we did today. We always include what we call the wow factor. What was the thing within the workout today that was like, wow, I, I can't believe we did that today. That was so fun. So that's what I'm looking for. And I'm looking mainly for that for number one, exercise adherence, because I want people to enjoy it so much that they're going to want to come back the next day. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I want to look into the game itself. Okay, what are we actually working on here? Is it some hand-eye coordination? Are we working on balance? Are we working on trying to get a little bit more mobility based off the game itself? But I think number one, honestly, it's just adherence. You see with more uh, a harder transition for people who are in the older demographic, so to speak, let's say like the 60 plus or 50 plus? We actually just started a 60s plus program probably i want to say about six months ago yes and we've we've gotten about half a dozen clients so far in there it's not a huge number but we're doing many of the same things that we're doing within the youth stuff and our adult group training program and they are uh, eating it up they're loving it just as much so i think it's working well just as much for them as it is for anybody else yeah, it looks like you have a pretty big space there to, to you know create all kinds of agility games, coordination games, and I see that you have a you also have a climbing wall, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. Which I'm actually thinking about revamping a little bit here shortly. But what what I what I did there on that wall is just put up boards and then did screw on holds throughout. Okay. But what I'd like to do is actually make it a little bit more three dimensional. So have uh, some plywood come out and. I need to talk to somebody a little bit smarter than me when it comes to frame. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to do bolt-on holds so I could switch it up. Oh, yeah, uh, change, yeah, change so, the routes and everything. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. So, yeah, we have some squat racks and, and a lot of open space. But, yeah, we have a climbing wall. Uh, we do have a campus board in the back. Okay. Um, one of the racks I have has monkey bars. I have some from atomic climbing. I have some what they call the atomic bombs those are hanging exchanges. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i've got the big eyeball and a lot of soft boxes that we just create different stuff when i was 
laying out the look of it, I really wanted to make sure that the middle space was completely open. And I'm really, really glad I did that because that opens up the possibility of just creating all sorts of games and different things that we could do in the middle. If I were to put like a rack system just right in the middle of the room, that would really limit me. The rack system I have is against the wall. And then the second rack system that we have is in the back. So yeah, we have about 5,000 square feet. So lots of lots of room for some fun stuff. Uh, one of the benefits to being in Iowa, I can get 5,000 square feet and it's not breaking the bank. <laughs> I imagine for you guys in California, it'd be a different story. But <laughs> yeah, 5,000 square feet would be... Well, from where we live, yeah, uh, you'd be looking before just to unlock the door. You'd be looking at at least fifteen grand a month, at least. Yeah, yeah, a fraction of that. So, wow. In fact, yeah, uh, that would be. Well, it depends too if you go warehouse or retail. Yeah, well, yeah, because well, even if you tried to get that that NC fit that's across the street from Mm -hmm. the facility, that's five thousand square feet. But that was rebuilt because I looked at that space beforehand. Yeah, and even before it was rebuilt, the guy was telling me it was four dollars a square foot, and they completely redid it. Like they took down, so it took them about a year. They rebuilt it out. So I got to figure it's now, it was 450 to $5 a square foot after doing all that improvement. So I'm thinking, holy crap, can you imagine writing a check for twenty dollars to $25,000 a month and you haven't even done anything else? I don't know how some businesses do that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah you'd have to make... You got to have forty to 50 grand coming in easily yeah. just, to, just <laughs> to make it even a viable option. Yeah. So, and I think with the current situation, yeah, that's why you're seeing gyms having to, gym owners are struggling because depending on geographically where they're at, there's a huge financial obligation right there. Yeah. Have you guys been mostly mostly open in Iowa with uh with gyms? Yeah. So we we were shut down for I think about two months, but Iowa was one of the states that we opened back up pretty quickly. There were, of course, regulations. You know, we had to stay six feet apart, things like that. But we we managed well. What I did at first is when we opened back up, I I taped out a grid system mm-hmm. on the ground, which had a eight foot by eight foot squares, and then we basically did every all the workouts from a square. So that really tested the creativity by right. <laughs> trying to make it fun and exciting from a a square. Yeah. So we did that for a while. It was on, honestly just recently where. We pulled up the tape and we're a little bit more back to our, our traditional format. We're still being wise and, and keeping distance. And we're, we're getting to the little bit warmer weather now, though, where we can open the windows and the doors so the airflow is moving throughout the gym, which is a positive as well. But throughout all that, we've actually had zero cases of, of COVID at the gym. So whatever we did worked. Yeah, no, no issues with it. Yeah, I think, well, that's a lot of the criticism that gym owners and, and coaches have been putting out there is, you know, where's the association between physical activity and COVID, you know? So I think we've heard a lot of criticism on the, the statistics just aren't linking those two things together. So, you know, you're not seeing the spread from being created from gym atmospheres. Right. You know, yeah, I follow a lot of gyms all over the country. And I have not heard, honestly, of a single major outbreak from a gym facility, mm-hmm. unless I'm just, it's not popping up in my feed or, or I'm not hearing it otherwise. But yeah, it seems to me it's not 
really spreading there. So, so you talked about having to transition your strategies on your games. So did that move you into utilizing more tools than you would have used before? I'm, I'm always trying to incorporate some sort of tool, but it definitely had to be some tool that everyone could have rather than, you know, one thing that we could share. So I'm trying to think some of the stuff that we did, you know, we were incorporating a lot of ping pong balls, a lot of PVC pipes, mm-hmm. just cheap things that everybody could have access to. I think throughout my feed on Instagram, you could probably see some of the stuff where we did some partner work, but you might see on the ground that there's tape laid out. One person's in one square, one person's in the other, and maybe they're sharing one thing, but kind of keeping their distance. So to be honest, it's almost like we haven't been back to our traditional format for that long, but the whole square thing seems like a blur. Like it's been the, we- the weirdest year. It's like been the fastest year and, and the slowest year at the same time. It's like so much happened. But, yeah, uh, yeah. People excited to get back to the, just kind of that, you know, normal type of training or just, just that interaction with each other. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I get people asking all the time, when are we going back to, pulling the tape up. And for a while, I mean, we had mandates where, you know, we had to keep this, this distance. Those have actually been lifted. We're actually one of four states that have lifted everything, which mm. where do you think wise or not? It's, it is what it is in Iowa. So yeah. yeah, but people were anxious to get back to it. And I think they're enjoying the more traditional format. Yeah. Cause that's just the mental benefits of, of interacting with other people is, is is really right now we're seeing the effects of that of people missing that interaction especially from the yeah. mental psychological level for the for the two months that we did close we went directly online okay. and honestly it's probably the first two weeks i had everybody on board and, and we were we were motivated but i kid you not we hit that third week and people just started not showing up to the zooms Oh, or not checking in. Like I know that many, many people do the online thing, mm-hmm. but my crowd was just not, not into it. It was very, very hard to get them motivated to do it online and at home. You know, I've heard talk of gyms are going to keep closing, and you know, everybody's just moving online. But I think it goes back to honestly that we are these neotonous creatures, and we we love connection and we love play. So I don't think. This format's going to go away. I don't think a pandemic's going to end it, to be honest. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I've, I think, and we've been hearing it now for a few years, especially with Tonal and companies that are yeah. producing at-home things. And they're the ones saying, look, the one-on-one gym experience is a dying option. And I'm like, yeah. I highly doubt that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think all of what it's done is just, it's opened up another market, right? For the for the people that do want to stay at home and do want to do things online, but the people that want to be interactive, they're going to go back to, back to the gyms, back to the rock climbing gyms, martial arts, all that stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think it's in our nature. The one thing I heard more than anything, when people came back, they're like, thank you for opening back up. It's just so good for my mental health. So they need it. Neil and I, just before we started this, we're talking about the mental health depression levels that are going up and how they're talking mm-hmm. about, you said it's been in males. Yeah, it's increased like in the last year, like 70 or 80%. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty nuts. Because we, we were taking a quick look at the statistics according to 
the organization is tracking this and they were saying just in a normal year, uh, stress and depression related issues can affect up to 40 million Americans in any given year, let alone this last type of year we've had, right? So that's 18% of our population. That's nuts. Yeah. And kids too. Like I have three kids and they are, they're doing everything from home right now as far as school goes. We weren't sure how our local school was going to handle it at the beginning. They're going to go hybrid or, or, or not meet all online. They kind of flip-flopped and went back and forth. So we just decided, you know, we're just going to keep them at home. But uh, it's been rough. It's been really rough for them. I'm thankful that I have a place where I can take them and they can run around and, and be kids. But mm-hmm. I feel for the people and the parents who don't have that, you know, they, their kids are stuck at home all day long. And it's just not good. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, and they have each other. They can play with each other. So that's nice too. For sure, yeah. Do you have any type of education or programming that you offer to other coaches or trainers who may kind of maybe lack the creativity to create their own games? You know what? I've been I've been contemplating that for a while, and I think this year I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do something. Whether that's just a a product of the 10 plus years of doing some of these games that I can put together and offer a product. Hey, if you just need some creative ideas or that's some sort of education, I'm not exactly sure the direction I want to go yet, but I think there's the need for that mm-hmm. um, beyond just the Instagram posts every now and then, mm-hmm. you know, where, where people be into that. So it's my goal and I'm going to give it some thought on exactly how I want to tackle that. Originally, I was thinking, well, maybe I'd, I'd do a YouTube channel and just keep pumping out content there. Okay. But um, I don't know if I want to turn it into a, a job. Mm. Uh, I, I've got I've uh, got enough going on at the gym right now. Yeah. But if I had maybe just a product and then maybe every couple of years come out with a new version of it, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Something I want to offer. Well, that's what's impressed us when we look at your content is the creativity is awesome, but not everybody has that. And that's a big difference, right? And I think the one thing that we see a lot of or when coaches or people make comments of what the hell is this doing or why, what is the point of this? And I think is if you're a coach or a trainer and you're asking that, I think that says way more about you as a, as a professional more than anything. Right. Yeah, for sure. And uh, there was actually a quote that I read from, um, I think it's Jim Laird. He's a strength coach in Lexington, Kentucky. And he says, if you're a trainer, whether you like it or not, you are in the entertainment industry. When a client comes to see you, they want to be entertained. Like they, they might have goals and all that, but if they are bored out of their mind when they come to a training session, they're probably not going to stick with you long. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to just do games all day long, mm. but they need to be entertained somehow. So if, if there's a, a coach who doesn't have that, I, I think they're missing out. And yeah, if I had a product or something I could offer them, if they don't have those skills, that's cool. Use some of these games, use this stuff. I think your clients would love it. Yeah, I think that would really help give a good solid base for people that maybe don't have that type of ability to go, oh, well, this is, I'll, I'll do this or I'll do that. And some of us are just aren't at that level. So yeah. to be able to say, hey, here's like eight different games that you could implement. And these are going to create this type of develop these types of skills within that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's great about the entertainment. It's, it's true. I didn't even think, yeah, we are yeah. in the entertainment business. Uh, a lot of coaches I don't think would want to hear that, but yeah, like I think it's true. <laughs> well, that's probably a big reason why we see the success of Todd Durkin at that level or oh, forget the other coach <laughs> that I'm coming up offhand, but the, it's because their, yeah. their approach or their charisma is, is actually pretty entertaining. <laughs> I mean, it may not be something that we enjoy personally, but I can see where people would kind Somebody of view out there that, would, yeah. Yeah, view that as an entertaining thing. Yeah, which may not be my cup of tea, but obviously right. it's, it's for a lot of other people because they do have such a pretty big following and a big influence. Or Martin mm-hmm. Rooney, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, because Rooney's yeah, got yeah. A, you know, that rah, rah, rah thing. And, and it is, yep. it's, it's entertainment. So yeah. do, you, do you feel like, you know, coming from your rock star background and, and you know, traveling and entertaining people um, and you're creating, so you have this creativity from that, you just kind of transferred all that over to, to your business now? I think so. I, I really like to blend the art with the science. You know, the art is all the, all the fun stuff, the creative stuff. But I, I, you know, with the background and the kinesiology degree and all that, I, I love the science side of it too. So I think that's what's cool is blending the two of those. Well, thank you very much for coming on, brother. We were excited to have you on, uh, especially since this is the first time we've ever chatted, really, face-to-face. So, Yeah, it's true. Thank you, man. So, uh, and, and hopefully we'll get to run, actually meet face-to-face one of these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it'd, it'd be awesome if you guys had a certification in Iowa, but uh, yeah. as far as the <laughs> yeah. mobility goes. I had, do you guys ever come to the Midwest at all or what? Uh, it's a tough market, man. It's a tough I one. Know. It's, um, we, we try, we set up courses and we get, we get facilities to call us and the owners and the coaches are like, yeah, this is great. And we're amped. And so we set it up and then crickets, you know, so it's kind of, you know, it's, it's people don't know what they don't know. And sometimes people look at the stuff and they go, eh, you know, what am I going to get out of two days of that? Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, slowly but surely. I know uh, yeah. got a course coming up in Kansas City next, actually next weekend. So, um, okay, cool. We're, Chicago is really one of our biggest Midwest areas that we typically do very well. So we typically get some people that travel in from Kansas or or some of the Midwest states. They'll go to Chicago and and yeah. attend the courses there. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, at this time, we're mainly we're mainly just primarily sticking to the east and west coast is our major yeah. hubs of of interest so to speak but uh yeah yeah anytime you have any uh, anytime your schedule opens up or whatever just drop us a note and if you can make one do it you're it's, for you're, sure yeah, I'll, I'll, i'd love to have it's you on in. my it's on my list yeah i want to do that i want to do uh functional range conditioning just just this stuff that never comes to the midwest but i gotta either go to denver or or Chicago. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what course you'd really enjoy and it's all like play-based oh. is a uh, fighting monkey. Yeah. I've it's seen, really good. You know, I took, so that, really. took that years ago and it's, it was amazing. Yeah. I see a lot of their videos and stuff they post and it looks real cool. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Amazing movers and the drills yeah. that, and the tasks that they give you. Yeah. It's all based on games and dance and play. And, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. But they're extremely yeah. challenging. Extremely challenging. Like, extremely yeah. challenging. Very humbling. Mm-hmm. Very humbling. Mm-hmm. Where can the listeners follow you or where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, on Instagram, jeff.blue.tape. Find me there. If you ever want to check out my, my gym's website, it's 
getting revamped right now, but that's surefire-fitness.com. But mainly I've been connecting with people over Instagram for the most part. Yeah. Fantastic. And I know uh, we've talked about, well, now with the virtual world being more common, I think it's easier to get kind of summits together for bringing in some top coaches and educators. Uh, So we are mulling that idea of trying to get something together. So if that happens, definitely be one of our people that we want to get in there just to give a little different take on how to get some different perspectives of training. And so thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you all for joining us today. And until next episode, be good to each other.